Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Melon. Coming to you from not the Middle East, as you can probably see. I'm lucky enough to be on a family vacation that we've been planning for a very long time to a place in Italy, in Tuscany, in the middle of the, the leg of uh, the boot that is Italy. Uh, there's, this, there's this little city called Siena. And Cherry and I came here years ago before kids. And it's been somewhere we've always wanted to, to revisit. And we've just been lucky enough to plan and execute a vacation. And that's real. It's a real uh, image out the window. That's right out the kitchen window. Beautiful place, Siena. So welcome. I hope everyone's well. I hope you guys have uh, been having productive weeks and you've been working through some of the challenges we've set down and you guys have been reaching out into your community and checking in, especially on you know people that you know. We're focusing on the June Mental Health Month, that there's people who feel isolation, there's people who feel like they're doing it on their own, doing it tough, and we've really been trying to get that sense of what we can all do for the people around us, be those family members, friends, or community to offer those supports. So let us know how you've been going with all those sorts of challenges and whether you've had any positive interactions with friends and family. But uh, we've been joined by our... The three amigos are all back together again. Just FYI, this is the three-year anniversary episode when we started uh, Not Your Average Operator three years ago. We did two years of that, and now we've done a, a full year of Pushing Back Chaos. Three years. Wow. It was a bigger commitment than I ever thought. But welcome back to my the full team for the three-year anniversary. Raph, how are you going, mate? Dude, I'm good, man. Just uh, crazy busy, which is why I've been absent for a little bit. Um yeah, just uh, busy at work, busy at home, just trying to make some moves. Um, you know, little, little just spending. I mean, honestly, spending most of my free time just working on the property and giving Soren uh, bucket rides on the tractor. That, that's his thing now. Like whenever I'm out there on the Kubota, he's he'll come out literally in his knickers, just you know, with some <laughs> toy in hand, and he's just. Like, as soon as he walks out, I already know what he wants. I usually just stop. Whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm lifting, whatever I'm scooping up, I'll literally stop, dump it, and then I just kind of, like, point, and he just comes running out, and I drop the bucket. He gets in, and we just ride around the property. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> that's literally – that's how I take my breaks. But, yeah, we've been doing that. Um, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm uh, I'm grateful, so I'm good. So so good. So we're talking, like, the, the digger bucket. He's inside. yeah. Yeah, I gotta send you guys a picture. It's pretty funny. I love it, and we'll try to get it out on the um, on the pushing back chaos page as well. You may yeah. have heard a bit of laughter in the background there, and uh, the faceless man behind the image, Mike. How are you going, mate? Thank God it's faceless because it is <laughs> early, and I do not look my best. I'll tell you that much, dude. So, uh, kudos to both of you guys for waking up and saving the show, especially Melon with the uh, you know his bell tower in the back. In case you guys aren't uh, tracking, you know, uh, Mellon went home. Aussie Moto, as we're calling him, that's his bell tower in the background. <laughs> you know, he's uh, touring in Italy. No, they they locked him in the uh, in his bell tower back there. <laughs> so he 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 tied a few few on last night. Had a, had some cold ones and like put Aussie Moto back in his tower. He's 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 too loud for Italy. So they thought he was American actually. 
<clears throat> I, I did actually have a couple of drinks last night. I can't lie. Jezza <laughs> <laughs> and I went for a walk after dinner, which is no hardship when you're walking around Siena. Honestly, if people can get to Italy, just consider coming to Siena. It is unbelievably beautiful. This little medieval hilltop with a, like a castle wall around the whole thing. So we're in for a bit of a walk <laughs> and I may have stopped at a bar or two. I mean, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny, but I may have had a Negroni in the, in the main square and it was stronger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, no, I, I had a great weekend, man. I had uh, some extra time that came up out of nowhere. So I uh, was able to shoot home uh, to Pennsylvania and surprise my mom for her 69th birthday early celebration so it's actually in about two weeks but i'm not going to be home for it and uh you know i talked about last week about making deliberate uh plans mm. to spend quality time so that's what that was so i surprised her we went out and it, it thunderstormed most of the uh weekend but was able to go out and my mom loves going to the casino every once in a while and it was actually pretty funny because we sat down at this uh machine and it was called sombrero and it was a bunch of uh like like the background was sombreros but there was a like a mexican jumping beans jumping all over the screen and my mom was (laughs) laughing and she's like come on get out of there and she's going on to this machine hitting it and she's she kept winning on, on the machine and she won over like 300 bucks and like the whole time she my mom learned spanish in high school so she's yelling spanish at this machine and all i could think about was how I wish Raph was there just to like be whistling or do something to encourage my mother winning on this machine. And I sent you guys that picture of my mom and it was, it was great. Uh, so I, I started it off that way. And then I celebrated with my friends, uh, Dr. Tony, my other buddy, John, and, um, you know, celebrating being a, the new godfather and everything. And, and we went out, found this dive bar. It's called Bob's garage. <laughs> something totally different we're like dude let's let's get out of the the norm and let's go find a spot and it's actually a year-round christmas bar so wow we pulled up and it says joy and christmas lights we go inside and the entire place is just decked out in christmas stuff everything you can think of but of course it was a karaoke bar and i sent it <laughs> and had a great time and uh and then ultimately that led to some conversations found out that uh, my friends, uh, Dirk Bentley was playing in Pittsburgh, uh, the next night. So I texted those guys. I wasn't even planning it and was like, Hey, I heard you guys were playing hometown. And he's like, yep, I got you, dude. Gave us some VIP passes. We went out to the show. I met a guy, his legal name is donkey. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> awesome guy though. He teaches country line dancing. But I'll, I'll send you guys this picture. But yeah, so I met him. I met a movie producer in the back and was talking about that. Uh, just totally random, man. It's just crazy when you just show up. Sometimes showing up is half the battle and then you just meet some awesome people. And then you just had a fantastic show. So we, we hung out. It was Dr. Tony's first time going to the show. And he got a little tuned up. And, you know, it it was pretty funny, man. I mean, just him going out and seeing how much he enjoyed it and see the show. And I mean, it was just awesome. And then we hung out for a little bit and then those guys took off. But overall, man, it was a great, 
great weekend, great reset. I know I personally needed it. We we're talking about mental health. It's like, dude, I was pretty run down after the last five weeks. And it was just a breath of fresh air to get out and just forget about stuff and be with quality people and talk about stuff. You know, it, it was awesome. Dr. Tony, I reckon, has got almost the biggest split between how he looked. Like you sent that one photo of you guys doing like Iron City Boilermakers or something. I can't remember what the name of the drink was, but it was like a beer and a, a shot or something. And he's got that super heavy Italian stubble. And he's he looks pretty mean, you know what I mean? Like he looks like he could be an extra off The Sopranos, you know, taking people out the back. In the waste oh. disposal business. And meanwhile, he goes to work every day and saves bloody children's lives. It's unreal. Yeah, he, he's an amazing guy. He's got a heart of gold. And yeah, the drink you're referring to, little little background drink from where I'm from, Pittsburgh, is there's the famous Steel Curtain, which is the reference to the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. Uh, well, this is simply a drink uh, called the Steel Hurtin. And it's a shot in a beer, shot in a beer, shot in a beer that you take, whatever. And yeah, they call it the Steel Hurtin instead. So he introduced me to that, which I haven't had before, but wasn't bad. Mm. God, none of that sounds fun. <laughs> no, it was a bad choice after a bit. I'm not going to lie. I had a really good yeah. burger. And then after that, I was like, <laughs> now I know why it's called Steel Hurtin because yeah. I'm not, I, I don't need this. <laughs> Yeah, we've been having like just a terrible time with all the the food here, you know. Like, I don't know, I don't know what you've seen in the news, but I keep, I don't hear about too many refugees fleeing Tuscany because there's too much red wine and parsley. You know what I mean? Like, it's these people have figured out something about how to live with like a work life balance of let's just work enough and then let's go and have a break and have an amazing meal for lunch that goes for a couple of hours and then go back for a bit of work in the evening. La Dolce Vita, you know, these people do not live to work. They work to live and it is apparent in the food and and like you don't see the people here are all really healthy. There's a lot of walking that's happening and the portions are small. Like they're not eating massive amounts. It's just like enough really good stuff and not too much and then go for a walk and a glass of wine, but they don't have 10. It's a really nice place to visit and to just get a sense of, you know, how do we add some of this sort of enjoying the moment into your own life and letting the kids see like a slightly different culture and how they live. It's really nice, you know, like just thinking about what you're saying there, Mike, about recharging the batteries and getting back and reconnecting with family and friends and having that take a moment just to refocus and recharge. That's definitely what we're seeing and doing here as well. Well, sounds like we all had a good uh, a good monthly reset and after some hard work, yeah. 100%. So, Raf, you had a bit of an idea here for a topic um, that has been just something that's been coming out really that ties in so well with our mental health month, the focus for June, where we're all looking around us and thinking about ourselves, but also about our family, friends, and community members on how we can all help each other deal with some of the challenges that come from time to time. And you just had a great idea on uh, a topic that's sort of near and dear to your heart there. You want to just maybe let us let everyone know what it is that we're going to be talking about uh, this evening? Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. 
Um, so I just kind of suggested for a good topic conversation is to talk, kind of give a, um, just give some tools, you know, a guide really to how we individually and hopefully others can pick up from this, how we control our emotions, because we know that, and because we know that negative emotions and the lack of control of these emotions um, can really affect, have a direct impact on your life. You know, specifically your relationships, right? Your personal relationships, your work relationships, um, you know, even with complete strangers, uh, it can, Obviously, if, you do, if you're flying off the handle, if you don't know how to deal with anxiety or stress or don't really know how to manage pain, all that stuff can manifest itself in just kind of being a, a miserable see you next Tuesday that nobody wants to be around, right? That that can even include yourself. And that's real. And it's um, I'm not even saying it to be to be funny. I'm like, that that is a real thing. So yeah, just kind of um, talking about uh, kind of like I said, it's like just a toolkit that I found when I do apply them, it kind of works um, most of the time. Um, the The key here, the underscore here is application, right? So uh, first I'll start off with saying, we don't, <laughs> when we're talking about uh, a guide to you know controlling your emotions, notice that the word is control, it's not suppressing, right? So really it's about regulating. Like we're always gonna be mad, we're always gonna be jealous, we're always gonna have these negative, um, neg negative emotional, or negative emotional experiences and that's okay right because the experience that 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 is happening to you that's gonna kind of put you in that box so to speak it's real like that's just life right um because life happens life is going to kick you square in the nuts sometimes and you're gonna have to learn to deal with it one way or another or not deal with it right and then just kind of brew in that emotion that you know again might impact your life negatively so having said all that um, I think I found that, um, one of the, the best things that you could do is before anything happens, because something is going to happen. We know this already. We know that if you're married, you're going to get in a fight with your spouse. If you're dating, you're probably going to get a, in a fight with your partner. Maybe at work, there's that coworker. You just, that just for some reason rubs you the wrong way. And I would say that one of the most important things you could do is get ahead of it. And what I mean by that is kind of meditate on the idea of if somebody was to tell you that you're wrong, if somebody was to tell you that, you know, you're an idiot or, you know, what, you know, basically picture what that's going to look like and picture what your response would normally be. And then kind of from there, kind of start focusing on, okay, so how does a higher intelligence raft look like, right? If you were to sit there and tell me that I'm just a complete idiot and everything I just said to you was wrong, my immediate reaction is red in the face, and I'm, you know, just kind of like wanting to be combative. But the truth is, how, how do I block myself from going in that state? And how do I kind of navigate away from it? And so like, I always talk about this before, you know, the, the breath is real. Like literally take taking a pause, taking a deep breath really does change your physiology. So if you can't move yourself away from that situation, maybe just stopping taking a breath if you're a religious person say a quick prayer to god and be like lord just give me the strength i you know i don't want to act a fool or whatever uh, you want to call it um and then the next thing that i've noticed is i really have tried hard um i've, re I've really really made a, an effort of kind of understanding 
the stress, the anxiety, whatever it is that I'm feeling, like, what is it originating from? Because it's usually one of the senses, right? It's usually like, for me, and I'll just, I'm being completely honest, it's usually pain. My back is a mess. Like, I'll notice that if I'm really short with my wife, with my son, with it, it's usually because I'm dealing with some sort of physical pain. Like, my lower back is, you know, it's just annoying me, or it's, or it's, you know, maybe it's my knee, or, you know, because I've, I've torn a meniscus there and a couple of times. And so it might ache a little bit after a workout, especially after I, um, I do some sort of like impact stuff, but, but try to figure out which one of the senses it is, you know, um, again, and, and then understand that, you know, there are things you could do to remedy that. Right. And understanding the origin usually helps you kind of, kind of regulate that emotion a little bit better and really just, not manifested towards the people who you don't mean to manifest them to. I mean, it's just, it's, it sounds really complicated and convoluted, but it really isn't. So again, I would start with the breath and this is just, well, let me reel it back. I would try to get ahead of it, try to picture what it would look like and then try to picture your own exit, right? So that it's already there. Like if, as soon as it happens, you're like, I've already thought about this. I'm not gonna encounter this. I'm not gonna engage with this person or this thing where I'm going to remove myself from the situation. But if you can't do that, I'm telling you, one of the best things you could do, take a deep breath. Change, I mean, a really long, physiologically changing breath. You know, like breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, pause for four seconds, and do that as much as you can till you feel yourself, like literally just calming yourself down. The other thing too, we talked about this, and we're all three believers of it movement or if, or if you can get a workout in, get a workout in literally one of the best things and i've said this before post fight with my wife is i go work out and as soon as i get as soon as i crush that workout not only am i happier and do i feel like a total piece of shit i want to apologize <laughs> love my wife but during that time i also it gives me time to to kind of look at the problem without any emotion right the, the the beauty of, of lifting weights or doing something difficult is that it kind of forces you into reality and it doesn't make you feel sorry about yourself. You're just kind of, um, it just kind of roots you in the present. And there's just something really powerful about that. And then uh, the last one, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to express yourself. Um, and it's going to sound kind of silly, maybe to yourself, have that conversation in your own head, but hopefully, you know, you're not a miserable, wretched person and you actually have really good friends and those friends are the best sounding boards you could ever have like literally just pick up a phone send a text like hey man i'm having a really tough time like i just i just need an ear like it, there's no shame in that and so that that guy for me has always and again application is key because these steps these steps can work but you really have to apply them and if you don't then you know you're up shit's creek but uh yeah that's that I just feel like that's kind of a, a simple, simple guideline that I've been able to follow. And, you know, do I follow all the steps? Not necessarily. It's just that whatever's appropriate, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever's uh, they're at, at my fingertips. Man, I'm having one of those moments where I'm like looking at my notes going, Raph stole my homework, you know? <laughs> when, when you started and you're like, one of the key things here about, you know, regulating. We're never talking when you're talking about regulating emotions. We're never like, oh my god, I've got too much joy in my life. You know, I was right. feeling too much 
happiness and I was experiencing the profound love. It was so much I didn't want to have. You know what I mean? We're talking always about the negative emotions and having them regulated is such a good way to frame what we're talking about here because we're definitely, I just want to echo what Raf said there, we're definitely not talking about repressing the feelings because, you know, ramming that lid on that emotion, shoving it in your chest, that's going to detonate at some point and there's going to be innocent victims who are going to take that family, friends, co-workers or whatever. It's going to come out at an inappropriate time. It will affect your health. We don't want that. So one of my really big ones is experience the feeling. Like, and I've talked about this with the kids and I listen to some psychologists and people, some good talks and so on about this that it can start when, when kids are little, like they learn that they're not, they shouldn't express negative emotions. And it's like you want people to ex- experience the full gamut of human emotions. One of the ways to help that I've seen it really work with my kids has been talking about what is the feeling you're feeling? Like the word feeling, you know, and touch and sense and stuff, the, that word is not being used by mistake. So like, you know, you're experiencing like a tightness in your chest where you're experiencing like a flush of heat sort of behind your eyes. Is there a, a twist in your stomach that you're feeling and being able to think there's a reason that this feeling is being communicated to you by your body. Something has happened that is causing this to occur and there's a lesson in the feeling if you can just get to it. So this is that experience them but don't repress them. So there's a there's something that's trying to be communicated to you and there's a lesson you can take forward. You know, like your nervous system, your mind, your body, your feeling is trying to let you know that you know, I was in this situation and I got a flush of anger and expressed myself to my wife and we had this real argument. And if you don't go through this process of like feeling what you felt, why did I feel it, what was happening, what was the setup, you're doomed to repeat it. Like there's a lesson here. And just to echo what Raph is saying, sometimes it's a physiological thing that's occurring. You know, don't misattribute the feeling to the people around you when it could be something simple, like you have you need something to eat. You need, you need some water. You need to sleep. You need to go and exercise and change your physiological state. So their feelings from your body, what the Raph's talking about there, that physiological, something needs to occur here. You need to burn some adrenaline off, go, go for a run, lift some weights. Maybe you just needed to sleep. You know, you're just fatigued and you're attributing this to your spouse or your kids or your coworkers. Another one is, you can transfer the feeling, perhaps like a classic one is you're at work, you're having a bit of a grind of a day and you get home and the family cop it. You know, so you're taking the feeling from one location and you're expressing it inappropriately in another. So these are some of my notes that I was just thinking and when I was looking at Ralph speak, I was like, wow, these are really close. If you go through this process over time, hopefully you're starting to build up a bit of a a catalogue of life, you know, these feelings come up in these situations. These are the triggers. Um, my body's trying to communicate to me, you know, listen when someone, like you had a feeling like I shouldn't have trust this person and then later you like have a flash of anger when you realise, hey, you know, that was a, a correct one. So over time, trying to build up that trust in your gut feel, build, build up that trust in your intuition 
And when you have the negative emotion, just be aware that these emotions, like in the research by people like Sam Harris, these neuroscientists, the negative emotion only lasts about 10 seconds unless you re-energize it. Like you bring the thought up and you think about it again and you stew over it and you re-energize and get that anger going again. You can have the full experience of the anger and feel it in your body. You can be like, yes, this person did these things and there's been like a breakdown in integrity and they didn't do what they said or whatever it is. And then you can let it go. And you can be like, what's the lesson? A, like don't trust them or clarify things up front, all those sorts of stuff. But you don't have to re-energize the negative feeling. Yeah. So those are a few of mine, Rap. Like, no joke, I think what you just said at the start there was like exactly spot on for my experience about regulating these things, trying to build a catalog, trying to learn the lesson as well. Like who's in your circle? Like who are the people around you when you're having these negative emotions? Maybe you need to look at the circle of people you spend time with, you know, like I'm around these people all the time. Maybe they're the kind of people who express anger or frustration or they complain about stuff a lot. And, you know, you find yourself at the end of the day, you're in a negative state. You're like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to spend that much time with these people. I can be a bit intentional in my circle. I can, um, I can be really careful about who I give that boarding ticket to my time. You know, who am I letting into my life, and what sorts of emotions and thoughts am I going to be just surrounded by? You know, like I know when I talk to you two guys, I get really clear. I'm able to think about my day in a constructive way. So there's some of that as well. So. Look at your environment. It's not just, you know, that we're a passive victim experiencing these emotions. Like there's an element of what are we doing to contribute to it? What's our physiological state? Do we need food, water, sleep, exercise? Who's around us? You know, are these people contributing to a negative state that I'm just, it's becoming a habit? And what's the lesson of the feeling? You know, what is being communicated to me here that I can move forward in life and not be doomed to just keep repeating? How about you, Mike? Did you have some initial thoughts around um, regulating or controlling negative emotions? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like just listening to both of your guys' points because you both nailed it. <clears throat> just talking about what kind of separates you and pushes you uh, to acknowledge and experience, not just repress. But, you know, one thing as I'm listening to you, I'm going back through my own memories and, and different experiences thinking about at certain times with a lot of stress or pain or emotion, you know, it's an emotionally charged room. And I thought about the people who are perfectly calm in those moments. And really it sets you apart in a room full of chaos. Uh, that is one of the biggest things that I really look for when I'm in a new environment or even my own environment, you know, if it's my family or group of friends or, you know, professional environment, I'm always looking around of like, who's calm? Like, who's not getting rattled here? And, you know, a fun example that I really like and, and I admire him for doing it is Keanu Reeves. I don't know if anybody out there has really like watched Keanu Reeves or anything. You know, we're talking about Bill and Ted adventures here. We're talking about John Wick. You know, he killed his puppy and he just loses his shit and like kills like 350 million people or something. With it. You know, it's really cool. But Hollywood, right? But the real Keanu Reeves, he's been through a lot of pain and adversity and life has really humbled him. And, you know, I see people try to rattle him up all the time because they have the view of like John Wick or, oh, well, he's this guy. 
And one of the best things that I always see him do, which I've learned about and I've implemented and I actively do it all the time, especially when I'm at work, because obviously I'm in a very charged environment with lots of stuff going on and chaos. And I could get amped up like really quick if I didn't control that is uh, it's kind of uh, the pause. So if you notice this, when people, you know, you get you get asked a hard question, someone's trying to start something, they're poking a jab at you, or it's just a tough question in general, really pay attention when you see somebody take a deep breath and they and you can see them processing the question. And there's a little bit of silence. It's not just regurgitation of, oh, well, you know, this, that, whatever. And it's just coming out with no thought behind it. And it's just, you know, diarrhea of the mouth, pretty much. Take notice of that. That is a strong individual that can pause and hold and process and then proceed to give the best answer for that environment and, and have complete control. That's a very strong, powerful person. That is one of the biggest things I notice about when I'm in a room and I'm reading people. I'm trying to figure out who I want to work with, who I want to be around, who maybe I want to have a conversation with. And it's like, wow, hey, I can tell that person right over there. They, they've had some experience. They, they have some control. And I admire that. Uh, one of the things in that pause that goes on, and I, I do this, it's called the three times rule. So say something happens, somebody says something that's like trying to instigate me or really piss me off. Or, you know, there's people that are fighting in front of me, and I just want to jump in and be like, Oh, yeah, well, this is what needs to happen. Uh, I say it three times in my head, whatever response that I think I want to say in my head, I don't say it with my with, verbally. I also am very mindful. I don't say it with my body language because how many people out there, you know, especially where Melon's at in Italy, right? <laughs> Everybody talks with their hands, you know, whatever it's, it's, it's very hard. So if you're Italian, I'm sorry, this probably isn't going to work for you, but you know, you get very charged and you may not say it, but your body language, your eyes, your, your lips, like everything might just still scream that you're pissed off. Right. And that's hard to repress, but being mindful of both is very hard. So you say this three times. So if example, if Raf, you know, made fun of my freaking hairline again, you know, any what hairline. Exactly. Hairline. See, 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 that's what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I say, I want to come off and say something like smart ass to him, whatever. I'm going to say it three times in my head. And by that time, all right, the first time is my view. Okay. If I say this, how am I going to look? If I say this, how is he probably going to react? And then if I say this, what's going to be our new environment? And literally I'll, think about all three sides of that. And usually by the time I'm done doing that in my head, which takes anywhere from like five to eight seconds, the moment has probably already passed and the conversation has moved on to something else. And it's like, nope, I don't even need to say that anymore. And I just move on and let it go. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of a good thing, man, because I actively do it all the time, whether Honestly, it's not just pain or anger or anything like that. It's sometimes I want to say something funny to try to like lighten the mood, but then I say it and then it's like, uh, all right, the conversation literally just went like way to the right and it's super professional and that just wouldn't be appropriate right now. So I'm not <laughs> going to say it. No, but it, it's true. Um, so I really like that three times rule. And like I said, when I see people pause in adversity and you can see them processing and they're calm 
I was like, man, okay, hey, they got some experience, man. I really admire that. Go ahead, Mellon. Such, such, such solid gold right there from someone who's a leader in a high, you know, a, a special sort of role that you all know Mike's background. And when he's speaking about this stuff about decision making under pressure and uh, chaos and a negative emotional state is often associated with injects and inputs coming in into a stable system because we all we all want routine, we all want predictable outcomes. And when those random injects come in, i.e. in a combat situation for Mike, but in business, in sport, in family, in relationships, there's always going to be those inputs coming in. Finding your way through the chaos into the place of calm and looking for the people who are adding calm rather than adding emotion. And we're always talking about negative emotion. It's such a great piece of advice. Teaching emergency handling to pilots I just want to echo what Mike's saying there about that. Teaching people to have that moment, even before you're jumping into analysis, that there's something happens and people can fall into like an automatic response. And Stephen Covey talked about the odd stimulus and response, you know, the bell rings and the dog salivates, Pavlov's dog, that that's an animal system and that the the humanity, the difference between us and the animals in the stimulus and response is that we can pause and just that awareness that you are able to have a moment between the stimulus and the response. Often you'll start to see multiple options. You can choose your response when you're aware of that gap. And if you can just focus on that gap, those options will multiply and you're able to then select them with your consciousness, like with your intention like Mike's talking about here, rather than shooting your mouth off or, you know, cracking a joke that might have been inappropriate or just a negative, adding a negative emotion. So I just want to echo what Mike's been saying there and teaching this to people for like, you know, aircraft captains, up and coming uh, young men and women learning about how to respond when they're having something serious go wrong in the flight deck, the cockpit, to just take a moment to pause these to teach and to say, Roger, and repeat the symptoms that have been given of the emergency and literally sit on your hands. It's like a, an aviation saying, we use it in Australia, I'm sure, RAF, probably they use it in the US as well. Don't rush to moving switches. Just keep yourself safe in the moment. Take a second, repeat what you've seen, and then take that breath before moving on. And, uh, yeah, I think there's... There's just being the one that can add the calm and it can be a family situation where it doesn't have to be military, it doesn't have to be aviation. It could be parents with kids, children having an emotional time, hard time regulating these feelings that are all new to them. If you as a parent start to have feelings, negative feelings of frustration or anger rising, if you express them into that uh, relationship with the child, you're just adding fuel into something that's already burning, into a fire. So you as a person in a leadership position in a team like Mike or as a parent in a parent-child relationship, you need to be the one that's providing the calm, giving them like the left and right of arc where things can be expressed and you're just cooling everything back down again and getting back into intention and calmness and decision-making and so on where 
you're just going to find better outcomes than if you're in that heat and in that moment where you're experiencing uh, frustration or anger or whatever and you're adding it into that system. So some really good stuff there, Michael. I like that three times before speaking. Now, just confirm was how will I look? How will the other person respond and what will the space be after I speak? Are they, are they your three questions? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 you know muscle memory just like anything else, and you practice it. Uh, you know, and it's a little challenge that I I want to give to everybody. You find yourself in an environment like Melon said, uh, emotionally charged environment. Uh, environment, sorry, uh, mostly at work, but absolutely at home uh, with your kids when they're angry at you and whatever, because you know it's it's something that we should all practice because you know we're talking about. <laughs> talk about superheroes and magic powers and whatever. And we, we know that like nobody's shooting laser beams out of their freaking eyes or, you know, whatever. But when you really think about Not a superpower, yet. it's like, what is a really noticeable superpower that somebody can have? And I truly believe it's somebody that can be calm in the face of adversity. Like that is a very strong, powerful person to be able to control their body, their emotions, um, <clears throat> their thought process, one under amounts, or massive amounts of stress. Uh, I really admire people that can do that. You know, I've learned from people that can do that. Uh, I try to do that. I try to teach other people how to do it. It's exactly what the three of us are doing now uh, because there are so many benefits and it really makes you feel comfortable when you're around other people, like Melon said, like think about your circle. It really makes me feel comfortable when I know whatever happens, this person's just not going to lose their mind. This person's not just going to start rattling off a bunch of like garbage. And then I'm, then we're going to have to take more time to like go back and fix everything versus focusing on the current present problem and then move forward. So, you know, Hey, is it easy? No, absolutely not. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of repetition and, guidance too like you probably can't do it on your own but it's really good to have another person maybe like hey man you know when we go into this meeting i'm already i'm already heated because of what this person said before the meeting or this email or they directed this at me and you, you're already going in like half cock trigger and maybe it's like hey melon i need you to go in and sit next to me and like if it starts going just like tap me on the hand like give me that reminder of being like don't do it Think, think about what we said and then force you to go through that. Uh, I've had to do that a few times where you have that pre-meeting before the meeting. It's like, dude, I'm going to go in and rip his fucking head off, you know, and you're like, don't do it. Don't do it because look what's going to happen, you know, and you're like, yeah, 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 you're right. I appreciate it, you know, so it, it's good to have that support system as well. There's another um a good one that just sort of came to mind while talking about this. A lot of these ne negative interactions are not with strangers. A lot of the time they're with people we know pretty deeply, co-workers we've worked with for an extended period of time, definitely inside families and inside, um, you know, intimate relationships, spouse or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend type stuff where you know the other person and you've got a pretty clear picture of who they are and something can occur, you know, they've said something and you just have that flash of like, you know, they've, they've, they've attacked me, something's happening here and your body goes into that sort of fight or flight response you don't have to buy into that immediate response. You don't have to be like, oh, you know, this person I've, you know, my wife that I've known for 22 years is suddenly this horrendous person who's attacking me. You can be like, probably I've had 
there's just been a normal human breakdown in communication. There's been a thought's been encoded and then transmitted and then received and decoded and, and then understood. And that process has probably been in error. This person that I know well, like put the clutch in, look for that gap like Mike was talking about and, and pause and then just go back and clarify the communication. Like you don't have to be like, I've, I've had a trigger, you know, this current focus that I keep hearing about, you know, this person triggered me and trigger warnings and I'm like, no, the, the responsibility is on the person to remain calm and get, get clear around the intent in the communication, not to bite off on an initial response, especially when it's negative, that can just be a grenade into that relationship for an extended period of time. So like I've had this recently of just, you know, I've had something said to me and I'm like, man, what has just happened there? And just being like, you know what, I can just pause it. I really know this person and I have like deep trust in them. And I also have really deep trust in my ability to judge and my intuition and that I know that they're a good person and I, I really trust my decision-making and judgment of them as a good person. So I'm just going to wait and I'm just going to sit on this and then tomorrow I'm just going to contact them and be like, you know, when we're communicating about this, you know, I thought you said this or I thought I said that and we just get clear here what was being communicated. And every time I've done that recently, it has been really a great opportunity in that second conversation to really get clear. Oh, no, no, no. You know, they didn't mean that thing at all. And if I'd bitten off on it, it would have just been, you know, like right off a week of tension and negativity that just didn't need to be there, you know. So there can be an intentionality you can have around experience the feeling and be like, you know what, I know that person already. I don't need to think that they've just had a massive change in personality into, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. I can just pop the clutch, wait some time, like Micah said, the pause might not. It could be a day you know, it could be extended and then go back and when you're calm, like Mike said, bring the calmness and re-engage in the communication and get clarity because every time I've done that recently it has just been a massive win and there's been a great conversation that has flowed on after that where it could have been just a, a grenade. Or I think or, it's, uh, I, I got a question for both of you. Is there a time and what are some examples of when Maybe you shouldn't do that. Like what are some acceptable, if any, situations where maybe you don't want to take that pause and process, you know, be, maybe because it's required. What are some examples you guys can maybe think where, okay, hey, maybe that is appropriate. Time critical safety stuff. So flying and uh, military operations mm -hmm. where, yeah, but I would you know, even you argue that even in those times, Melon, I, I would think that even then it still pays to be calm, the calmest guy in the room. Oh yeah. Like, I, I like the, I think the reaction to something that's time critical, that could be catastrophic. Yes. But shouting, you know, like if you're in the cockpit with somebody and you're screaming at them because you know, it, that's not going to help anything. Right. Like uh, you have to kind of cue action and sometimes a calm resolve is still, I, I find it, hard to ever think of a time where you know being just like just letting your emotions your emotions drive the train actually be the answer i i as a matter of fact most of the time if when my emotions were driving the the train it it was that's when it was bad right because mm. i 
I, you know, cause we're, you know, when you let your emotions drive, you're, you basically revert back to, you know, your, you know, 10,000 years ago when you're a monkey and it's just, there's no, there's no, there's no intelligence creeping into that. Right. It's just, it's all emotion. So most of the time you're going to be wrong. So that that's my argument with that. It's like, I just don't ever see a time when, when letting your emotions drive. What? I, I agree. I agree with you 100% there, Ralph, in that, like in emergency handling situations that I can think of in the flight station, quick action and 100% there's no place for, for emotion, negative emotion during decision-making. You're not going to be operating with the full capacity. You know, part of that uh, mental bandwidth is going to be taken up with the anger or the fear or the whatever. And so getting clear so that you can then get the full processing ability for sure is is mm-hmm. essential. I think sometimes you might not need to go through the full uh, review of communication, who's responsible, all that sort of stuff, where there might be, you know, like a teacher-student situation. There might be times when there's a lot more information held by one person and the other, the other doesn't. And so it might be, you know, in a military context too, like passage of orders, sometimes we just got to get on with stuff in that time like it's time to get on with it now. There's not time for the discussion, but it should still remain calm, I think is the key thing that you're adding there, Raf, which I 100% agree with. There should be clarity. There should be calmness. There should be an absence of emotion. And the, the junior person in that situation should know there'll be a time where there's going to be the full after action review and there's going to be a clarity. Hey, this is all the information that you didn't have or they'll have the opportunity later to say, did you know these things? And when the relationship is strong and there's an absence of negative emotion, they'll know that if they've got the critical bit of information, like the junior co-pilot saw the, the engine gauge and the captain's like, I oh, know, get on with it. They'll have the confidence to say, hey, you know, engine number two, we had a drop in the, you know, the temperature in the engine is fluctuating or whatever. And they'll know that that will be uh, received well. Is that answering your question there, Mike? No, absolutely. You know, and, and I, I liked how that just turned out because, you know, both you, it wasn't a disagreement. It was just a little bit of a difference or whatever. And you guys explained it really well. And, and it was calm. It wasn't like, oh, you snap back at Raf or anything. I'm like, oh, well, no, it's not what I meant. It was just, yeah, yeah. No, hey, I agree. That makes sense. And you could hear the pause there. And you guys were really listening. And I mean, that's what we do as a group anyway. We really listen to each other. And even if we disagree or like have an alternate point of view, you can clearly hear the thought going into it. And it's like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. And you acknowledge it too, right? We only, we're only like that when we're recording though. When, when we're offline, we're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're an asshole. As soon as we sign off or whatever, we, you know, Raph leaves the chat room or Melon leaves the chat room. And it's just like, what an asshole, you know? <laughs> just can you believe he said true. that? Can you believe he said that? What a, what an asshole. <laughs> I'd like to say one one more thing about that, just to close, not to close out, but just to add to what we were talking about earlier. I think it's important to understand, especially for the listener, and I need to remind myself of this too, is that triggers or whatever you want to call them are in abundance and they'll never go away, right? It's just as you navigate through life, they're, they're just fucking everywhere. Like there's nothing you can do. And usually they're unexpected. And like you said, most of the time, 99% of the time, it's with close Uh, people that you have close relationships with but i think you need to empower yourself by understanding that you also have the ability to manage and control uh what meaning um 
like what meaning those emotions have, right? So what I mean by that is mo like 90% of, I would say, my arguments, if you want to call them, or, you know, disagreements with my wife are frivolous as shit. Like they're, they're, they're they have no meaning, meaning they have no substance. They, they carry nothing. There's no real offense. It's not like she punched me in the face and, you know, and like that's what started the argument. There's, there's like the, the offense is so frivolous and so just, there's nothing there. It's baseless. And so I think that if you understand that, it's easier to like not give that any gravity, right? Like you, you understand like, oh, that was just like, kind of like what you alluded to, Melon, it's just kind of that misunderstanding or that breakdown in communication. It's always something where, you know, you might both be at fault or really nobody's at fault. And so once you kind of step back and realize like, dude, I'm not going to give this any more weight than it needs, it, it kind of helps you resolve that issue a little bit quicker. So I think just know, just give yourself that empowerment, like, hey, man, um, I, I choose, I can choose to decide whether this really does truly piss me off. Because listen, sometimes some things will, like sometimes you're like, no, man, this, we have to talk about this. Like this, I can't let this slide because it's happened seven times, you know? Um, but even then you can still choose. Having having that, that knowledge and having that foresight also allows you to choose the time and the place. And like we all talked about, not doing it when you're all fired up and charged up. Be like, you know what? I'm not gonna do it in public. I don't wanna disrespect her. I wanna do it behind closed doors and I wanna do it when I'm calm. So I can express with some clarity and actually talk about what it is that bothered me. And, you know, maybe it was the way she said it, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah. So anyways, I think that's important. Like it, choosing to, to give it like any sort of weight or, you know, any sort of meaning, whatever it is. And uh, knowing that you are in control, like, you know, because that ultimately creates a pattern and that pattern is your life. Right. So if you're I mean, if you look back and you're like, man, I'm always people are always attacking me. Well, is it people attacking you or are you just a total see you next Tuesday that everyone's arguing with? Like you have to really understand that, you know, almost everything we do is a pattern and it, and it kind of, you know, that's the tapestry of your life. So, you know, take inventory of that, Un you know, understand where you fall in this whole thing. Just to build on Rafa's just give it just if you didn't hear that, if you're married or if you're in a long-term relationship, just back up to what Raf just said there about the breakdown and how to find your way through it with calmness and clarity. Coming back to the communication when you're in a good state of mind, you've you've been able to gather your thoughts and you've been able to think, you know, like what did I get wrong here? And I would say I had one recently with um with Cheza where there was a bit of a bit of friction and I was like, we just let things stay calm, you know, or like long-term view. We know who the other person is. We're so clear about who each other really is underneath after 22 years together. When we revisited the communication, it was two people were actively looking for how they could take responsibility for what the breakdown was. And it was like all of the chaos and stuff in the middle was just getting thrown out and you just get into, a, into the clearing of calmness and clarity and able to restate everything again. And a way to start that is to start with I-based sentences. Like, you know, I understood this. Not like you said that. You know, I was trying to say this and, you know, what came out, I get, I guess that, that was not clear at all. Like, so when you, when you've got people who are actively trying to take responsibility for the miscommunication or the breakdown, it's like, boom, you just hit a new level that you've just, the lift has just gone to another level above the penthouse and the relationship is just shifting. Whereas commonly when the breakdown's happening, 
two people are looking for ways to make the other person responsible for the breakdown. And look, if you've got a lot of people around you like that, where there's a lot of blame shifting and finger pointing and everything like that, that's one of those situations where who are you spending your time with? Who's in your inside circle? Mm -hmm. So, you know, shifting into somewhere where there's people actively looking for ways to improve clarity, take responsibility for breakdowns and so on is going to lead to these kind of uh, conflict resolution that Raf has just talked about there. And if you want to, st- <laughs> if you want to stay married for a long time, <laughs> I suggest that th- these are kind of things that you can really invest in and you can work together as a, as a, like a part- partnership, you know? I really like that Melon because uh, the quote pops up in my head is I, you know, people that really love snapping and arguing, it's like, I argue really well, just ask any of my remaining friends, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's true. I mean, you know, take a look around your circle. Like how many friends do you have? Do you, do you, do you have a lot of friends? I, and if you don't ask yourself, why is it because yeah. you're, you're always fighting? Is it because you're unstable because you can't control yourself because people are just like, Oh my God, I never know what version I'm getting. Uh, you know, everyone I meet is a total asshole. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's everybody else. It's not you. Right. And that kind of thing. And, you know, just again, as I listen to you guys, you know, I'm always, I'm always listening and I'm sitting there thinking like, man, why do people really get worked up and they get angry and snap and triggered, you know, whatever this word, you know, and and it's really, again, and I said last week is like, don't point the finger, point the thumb and really think about why you're feeling that. And most of the time, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, it's always a good discussion is if you're you really fear adversity or competition, whether it's physically, uh, verbally, you know, you're having a conversation or argument. I think what you really fear is your incompetence to deal with it or face it. And that's what scares us, right? Because the minute we get uncomfortable or the minute we feel threatened or triggered, I think the number one thing that is just natural is we want to put a wall up, like sticking your hand out forearm extension and be like, Nope, Nope, don't, don't do that to me. Just stay away from me. And it's putting this solid wall up and blocking it. You know, it's, it's a self-defense mechanism type thing. When what we're talking about here is instead of a solid wall, putting up a mesh screen, thinking of it as a filter of be like, okay, Hey, just let it come. I already know it was going to come, put it up. And let it flow through that filter and, and let it process. And then when it gets to you, it's not like this massive Mack truck hitting you. It's already gone through that filter that you've established. And you're like, oh, okay. I already see where this is coming from. I, I already know that you had a charged morning. I already know that someone already pissed you off that it's not even me. And you can start thinking rationally and accept it and experience not just your emotions, but somebody else's maybe that's coming through. And then you can look at it in a whole different light instead of just, you know, stiff arming the competition there and then not dealing with it or realizing like, oh man, like this person's just out to attack me. No, it's, it's not even about you actually. It's something they went through. And like, you can clearly see that if you're able to put up like that filter instead of the wall. Great, great points. Again, Chiz and I recently have been having um, some discussions. We listened to some just some great speakers talking about, like a psychologist talking about a lot of the negative emotion you experience is because of three constants in life. And one is that there's going to be pain, 
in life. But there's going to be experiences that cause pain, physical and emotional, spiritual, etc. They're going to occur, and they're going to occur to everyone. They're going to occur to your kids. They, they occur to your parents, and they're going to occur to you. The second is that life is uncertain. That there's there is no knowing what's going to happen, and that you're going to get some good cards dealt to you, and you're going to get some bad ones, and you're going to have pain. And the third one is that there's going to be constant work. So if you're like life is uncertainty, pain, and constant work, and you're like, that's just what life is. To stay alive, an organism's got to work and graft all day to get the resources. There's no knowing what's going to come, and there's going to be experiences you don't want, and that's going to be the pain. And you're like, okay, well, those three things are going to occur. So therefore, I don't have to overreact when those things crop up. But that's just part of life. There's not going to be a time in your life when after I turn 40 or after I get married or whatever, that that's going to end. It's like, no, those things are going to occur anyway. And you don't have to be, you know, triggered by these things that are just a constant part of life. And that has been really like a really good thing for Ches and I in the last couple of months. We've just every so often, what are those three things? And she'll be like, pain, uncertainty, and constant work. And I'm like, yep, let's get on with life despite that. Hmm. That's great. There's kind of like the, I don't know what do you want to call it, like family ethos or your your own couple, you know, your own ethos to fall back on when things are uncertain or unclear or the chaos sets in or the white noise sets in. It's like you guys can go right back to that and be like, yep, reset. Because it's not it's not like, you know, people who want to complain or share their um, problems. It's like, you know, I don't want to put everyone down, but it's like they feel like, they're the only ones having these negative experiences. Like, well, no, that's everybody. You know what I mean? And you don't have to share all of them with everyone all the time with the, you know, it, it comes across like you're putting everyone else down. Like, Oh, well, you wouldn't know what tough is because you know, he, he, this is what happened to me today. Like, well, everyone has pain, uncertainty and constant work. And so if you like, assume the other person you spoke, you're speaking to is also experienced loss and fear and all of those other things relate to them about the positives in your life. So you're not re-energizing that negativity the whole time. It's been really, really good for us over the last couple of months just to have that as a framing. Hmm. Wow. So regulating slash, you know, regulating your emotions, I think is probably what we've been talking about. We've had some really good stuff here about not repressing them, having the experience, try and learn and clarify what is being communicated to you by the feeling do you need to change your environment? Do you need to change uh, the relationships around you? Um, don't transfer negativity from one group to another. Consider there might be a physiological cause, uh, like Raph was saying, with food, rest, water, exercise. Mike has some great stuff around calm versus chaos. Be the one adding calm into this state when there's friction and tension and emotions are flaring. There's a really great bit about pausing before jumping into expressing that negative emotion. Uh, the three questions there about how will I look, how will they respond, and what will the space be afterwards. And, you know, you don't have to attribute one small bit of communication. Oh, this person's totally different than what I thought. They're a total POS. I'm going to explode, you know, look to where you can clarify communication as Raf said, maybe take some time and come back to it. And my little last one there about life is uncertainty. There will be pain and constant work is essential. 
Did either of you guys have further points you wanted to get out here just for people to consider over the next week, year, just the tail end of the Mental Health Month of June? Raf, did you have anything you wanted to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I was just going to say uh, just another thing in regards to, you know, that guide to uh, controlling your emotions. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was, I think it was, it was a Saturday Night Live skit. I think his last name was Smiley. And he sits there and he like does this affirmation of himself, you know, where I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and by God, people like me. Don't don't be afraid if you're in a, a negative state to actually talk to yourself in a positive voice. Because mm. honestly, for the longest time of my life, I was quick to, you know, disparage myself. And I've gotten to the point where that's it's looking back, that that's that's kind of a bit ridiculous. Um sometimes shit does happen you do feel like crap but that's when you start to inventory you start to really start looking for that you know um the 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 positives in your life right especially when you're in a fight with somebody it's like yes this person might have said something that offended me but think of the millions of things that that person has done you know that's that they've sacrificed the time the presence whatever the way they they made me feel it's like that famous that popular saying you know people don't remember what what you told them they remember how you make them feel and so just maybe go back and revisit that. And hopefully that gets you, that just helps you manage that, you know, how to get out of that space a lot quicker. So hope that helps. Awesome. Fabulous. And how about you then, Mike? Is there anything uh, you wanted to, any last points to express here? Uh, I, honestly, it's kind of funny. Like Raf was thinking the same thing. Like, you know, we're talking about serious stuff and how to diffuse a tough situation and acknowledge like, hey, this is what's really going on. But I was literally going to talk about like the comedic relief a little bit, you know, man, I think the three of us being in the military have experienced that and anybody else out there that's been in the military or first responders or police is like, there's always some type of crazy humor at the worst times. Right. And it's always, you know, the tensions there, you could cut it with a knife. It's electric and it's like, Oh shit. And then you got that one person that just says something and then everybody busts out laughing and it's like, Oh my God, dude, I'm so glad that you're out here. You know what I mean? Uh, I honestly, I think Raf was kind of that guy when we were in Afghanistan together, like there was always some type of stuff going on, whatever. And then we go to the chow hall and then, you know, he, his ass would just light up and start saying some funny stuff and everybody would start laughing and then all just, you know, dissolved, you know, and that's very important to have is to have that, you know, don't be so serious all the time. I, I, I think that's kind of where I wanted to angle it is, uh, you know, life is serious enough. Work mm -hmm. is serious enough. Maintaining families is stressful enough, whatever try to find some humor in your day, try to find something that's funny. And it usually, it usually kind of helps and resets, you know, you, you counter the anger with happiness or something like that. And it's just, uh, it just resets the space. It really does, you know, uh, find, and if you, if you can't do it, then find the person that can, you know, there's always usually in a group, there's always like the comedian, right? There's always <laughs> the person that just can't take anything serious. And it's like, hey, maybe, maybe we would just go spend like 10 minutes with this person and just kind of reset. Uh, those are great people to have on your team. So I encourage you to do that. Some great stuff to finish with. So once again, June Mental Health Month. Just remember, if you're having a hard time, there are, there are people around you who love you. There's family, friends, and community that you can reach out to. There's some uh, resources we've had posted on previous 
links. That's for the individual. Then remember, you also are the support net for other people. You are the family. You are the friends. You are the community. So, you know, dealing with negative emo negative emotions and regulating them, that's all part of it. You know, and we're all going to be on either side of the coin and we're all in relationship with people all the time. So, you know, we would love to get this stuff out as wide as possibly. So please share this out into your networks, leave us some reviews and let us know what you'd like to see discussed in future episodes. But uh, until next week, where I'm going to go and find my family who are walking around the city of Siena right now. I hope you guys stay safe and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.